Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Uh, Today we're going to carry on with our series on the Bible and I hope these have been helpful and useful to you. I want to encourage you, if you've not seen them all, go back and watch them over again. Or if you've watched them before, go back and do some catch up on your YouTube channel and check out uh, what we've been doing. I tell you, it's been so encouraging to encapsulate the Bible into a few short weeks. We're looking at this big story of the Bible and asking the question, how can we experience a better story? We looked at the origins and meaning uh, through the book of Genesis We discovered what it means to be free and the idea of Exodus as the people of Israel escaped from Egypt in the book of Exodus and looking at their story and their journey. We looked at exile and peace as the people left the wilderness and entered the promised land for the first time. And then as we entered into the start of the New Testament, we heard last week around the story of Jesus, the Messiah, this person who brought love and transformed the world as we know it through the stories of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels, the stories of good news. And today we're going to be looking at this human thirst that we all have for the community that we're part of and for the Spirit of God, almost vertical for God and his Holy Spirit and horizontal for the community around us. Each one of us shares a unique moment that we've all done this and you probably weren't aware of it, but you were there. When we were born, there's that moment where we go, ah, as we come out and meet the world for the first time. There's this kind of shout as we connect. And psychiatrists tell us that every single human being has a need, yes, for food and for air and for water, but also for connection for belonging, for community. It's one of our basic needs. It's integral to every human being. And today I'm going to start off by looking at uh, the Holy Spirit and our connection to this God that we believe and we love. This thirst for the Holy Spirit we see in Acts chapter 2. And then I'm going to hand over to Ben, who's going to talk about how that thirst for the Holy Spirit transforms into a thirst for belonging and community and being part of something our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with one another, our thirst for community and our thirst for God. So if we start off with this friendship of God, the, with this kind of almost going back to the Old Testament, you know that moment where Adam and Eve, they're in a relationship with God in the Garden of Eden. They walk with him in the cool of the night and they have this relationship with God, the creator, and the first ever human beings, Adam and Eve. And then in Exodus, we have this encounter where God leads them out of Egypt and he leads them through this cloud by day and fire by night. And God is there, but he's away from them. And then God is in the the tent, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, or eventually as Solomon builds this permanent uh, temple. And God's presence is inside the temple. And he is there, but he is distant. As if there's this holy, big, great God And there are these terrible, sinful people. And we can only connect through a priest in that season. And this gap feels almost like it's just not attainable. We will never be in connection with God like a friendship. Which is why the coming of Jesus is so wonderful. That Jesus bridges the gap between the holiest of gods 
endless, most sinful of human beings. And God connects. When Jesus was born, he was called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means a God with us, that God is present with us. More than a human Messiah, a rescuer, a saviour, he was the God who was going to actually live with humankind and be with them and walk amongst them. So Jesus calls his disciples. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He does all this miracle stuff, which is amazing. And lives get transformed. Because God is present. The temple of God is walking amongst his people in human form. A God you can know, a God you can talk with and change the lives of so many people, including his closest followers, the disciples. So can you imagine that moment after those followers, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years and he's sitting down and having a chat. They've probably had a meal that he, you know, he conjured up out of a few fish and loaves and they're chatting and hanging out. And he just turns to them and he says, you know, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go. And it's going to be good for you. Jesus, don't, don't go. Why would you leave us? He's like, well, I've got someone to help you. I'm going to send someone. You know, they've just completed like a three-year intern program. They've got to know Jesus. They've got to learn about how he operates. And suddenly he is off again. And Jesus says these words in John chapter 14. He says this, I will ask the Father to send you another helper, the spirit of truth who will remain constantly with you. The world does not recognise the spirit of truth because it does not know the spirit and is unable to receive him. But you do know the spirit because he lives in you and he will dwell in you. What a promise. What a promise for the disciples then. What a promise for his disciples today, you and I, that the Spirit of God will dwell in each one of us. That's amazing. That this Jesus who went to the cross, who died for our sins, who rose again and overcame death and sin, he appears with disciples, ascends back to heaven. And that moment, Jesus is no longer physically on earth, but he is with the Father in heaven, sitting at his right hand, ruling. But one day Jesus will return. Jesus will come back to us and we will not be alone. We are not alone now because he said he will send someone to be with us. And that person, the Holy Spirit, will dwell within each one of us. What a promise. It must have been amazing to have met Jesus in person. It must have been incredible to be with him but he was limited where he could be at any one time. While he was in Jerusalem, he couldn't be here in Romsey. He couldn't be in Southampton. He couldn't be in London, New York, Paris. He was restricted to one place at one time. But with the Holy Spirit, Jesus with us and lives in us and he can be everywhere and he can be present at all times. So when we go to Acts chapter 2, uh, just after the first four Gospels at the start of the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2, we read about this moment about, it's often known as the birth of the church, the beginning of the church, but the Pentecost moment. It's a defining biblical and world history moment. We have the, the disciples, fearful and afraid, they're hiding upstairs, they're taking an election to replace uh, one of the disciples who went a bit bad, and they decided to go, what do we do next? And then there's this moment. And if you turn to Acts chapter 2, it says these words. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. 
And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. What a moment. What a moment. Tongues of fire flying around, the sound of rushing wind. The Spirit of God was present. Those those words are like symbols of God's power. God presents his spirit on the day of Pentecost. The disciples, they get changed. They go from these fearful, anxious, worried uh, individuals and suddenly they are full of, of courage and they stand up and they preach their hearts out and people get saved in their thousands because they are full of the spirit and they are full of faith and nothing is the same again. They tell everyone about the good news of Jesus and the world is changed. And if you are a follower of Jesus today, the reason you are sitting here and loving God is because someone in that upper room who was filled with the Holy Spirit went out from there and told somebody who then told somebody who then told somebody who then told somebody and the Spirit of God through generation and generation and generation until you and I can encounter God for ourselves. That's amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. And if you look through the whole of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, we read these letters that were written by the Apostle Paul about the person of the Holy Spirit being central to our Christian faith. In in the book of Corinth, he writes his letter to the church there and he finishes it up at the end of 2 Corinthians 13. He finishes his letter saying, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Or in the message version, may the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful idea. The Holy Spirit connects us. The Spirit is a person that can be in relationship with each one of us. Not a force that sits inside of us. It's a person that we connect to. We may feel sometimes isolated. Now, I understand the season we're in, we may feel isolated. But the truth is, with the Spirit in us, if you're a follower of God, you are never alone. He is always with you. I remember the moment for me personally as a teenager when I was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It changed everything. It changed the way I read the Bible. It changed the way I saw things before. Suddenly it was a new dimension to my faith. I remember the moment I was at Spring Harvest, a Christian event held at Easter every year in 1990, exactly 30 years ago. And and I remember that moment where someone laid their hands on me and I was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I started speaking in tongues. And, and from that point, I would exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And everything changed. That wasn't the end of it. That was the start of the adventure. These last 30 years of my life, I have leaned regularly into the person of the Holy Spirit. He, have, he has been my strength, my source, my comforter, my guide. I have this intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. When I'm anxious, he comforts me. When I'm uncertain, he guides me. When I'm reading scripture, he opens my eyes to help me understand better. He helps me to pray more effectively. He gives me a clear purpose and a sense of peace. Can I say in this last year of leading Freedom Church, I've had to lean into the Holy Spirit more and more and more because I do not know what the future holds, but I know the God who holds the future and his Holy Spirit is with me and dwells inside of me. Galatians 5 says these words, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step. Now, if you're not sure what that means, I don't know if you, if you can imagine going for a walk with a small child. I remember when my children were smaller and I would want to get somewhere, 
but they would either be lagging behind and just taking their time, or they'd go off and they'd see something that was more interesting than where we were trying to go, or even sometimes they'd be running ahead and I'd be trying to keep them under some kind of control. I think that's why parents invented buggies, so they could just jam the children in them, strap them down, and they can go wherever they want to go. But when you want to create relationship, you want to stay in step. And when you walk alongside your children and show interest in what they are showing interest in, and you connect with them that level, your relationship grows. In the same way as if two adults go for a walk together, not because it's a government-initiated exercise idea, but because you want to be with each other. If you walk apart, you won't gain anything from that opportunity. But if you keep in step, you can learn from each other. Walking is not just a mode of transport. It is actually a shared experience, an opportunity to learn together. In the same way as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. If you walk in step with the Holy Spirit, it's like walking in step with a small child. We're asking the question, what are you seeing? Where do you want to go? What are you observing at this time? How can I discover what you are discovering right now? The closer I get to this Holy Spirit, the closer I find my thirst for God satisfied. And as we look at the Bible as a whole, we realise this Holy Spirit connects not just our friendship with God, but our friendship with each other. That vertical and horizontal relationship I've talked about. And this need for God and need for one another, Ben's going to come in just a moment and share with us about how the Holy Spirit connects us and helps us have a sense of belonging. But first of all, I would like us to watch this uh, short video from Raj as she encounters Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit as she meets other people in, and understands the love of Christian community. I was born as one of seven children and as I was growing up I could feel my parents would treat me differently. Um, for example, my dad would be playing with my brothers, hugging them, and I'd go in for a hug, and he'd just push me aside. My brothers and sisters could see how dad was different towards me, and they also would call me names and hit me and mock me. So I had this sense always as a kid that there was something wrong with me and um, I wasn't wanted um, and also never felt loved by them. I tried to do what I could to be good enough for them, but nothing I seemed to do was good enough. When I used to come home from school, I was forced to do all the housework. And I remember one evening while I was cleaning and everyone was asleep, my mum's my tablets were there and I started to take all these tablets wishing I was dead. And the next morning, my dad turned around and said to me, shame it didn't work. And I think the reality hit me that there's nothing, nothing I can do to make this man love me. So when I was 18, I finally ran away from home and I just rebelled against the culture I was brought up. I started drinking, smoking, partying, and I also um, rejected God, I actually blamed God. But fundamentally, the thing I wanted more than anything was to be loved and find love. I moved to London with a boyfriend and I found myself getting involved in some really dodgy stuff. But also at this time was a time when I met my first ever Christian and this lady just showed me unconditional love. She um, was kind, she listened to me and made me feel of worth. One evening, I found myself crying. I found all the stuff that I had pushed down through my whole life, and all the pain just coming up to the surface. And I heard a voice say, Rod, stop crying. 
and I knew it was Jesus. I don't know how, but I knew it was Jesus. And I found myself talking to Jesus for the very first time, asking him why, why was my life so hard? And I just said to him, I just don't want to do it anymore. Would you just take my life? I just want to be dead. And what I felt was um, rather than me being beamed up to heaven, I felt just love being poured into me. And I felt the Holy Spirit come and fill all that got emptied out, just fill me up. And I felt this peace and joy and just happiness for the first time. So I started to go to church and I was surrounded by a community of people that loved me, accepted me, and I, for the, for the very first time, I felt like I belonged to a family. And in the process of my time there, I, they prayed for me, they, I dealt with a lot of the pain and the rejection. I found my voice and my purpose in life. And my life is completely transformed by Jesus. And I'm just so thankful to God for all that he's done for me. Isn't that a beautiful story from Raj there? No fireworks, no special effects, just the story of someone just moving into a community and just being really loved by people and by God. So I'm going to talk to you a bit about community. Uh, but first of all, I want to give you a little... Not disclaimer, but I feel pretty disconnected at the moment. I, I, I don't know if any of you identify with that, but uh, just I haven't seen my family for a long time. I haven't been to church for a long time. I haven't had lots of meals with friends. And I feel a little bit disconnected. And I'm hoping that you can identify with that somewhat um, as we kind of move forward into this bit of talk. So... We are a bit of a disconnected generation, really, in some sense. We've had lots of jumps in uh, technology, which means we can be more connected in some ways. Our families are a bit more spread out, like I mentioned a second ago. Uh, and I work for the church, and I, I miss it. I, I feel like church feels a long way away, and all the things that we would normally do, whether that's dinner or services or looking after people, it feels like we've only got glimpses of that at the moment. So let's, let's talk into what the dream is, right? So Genesis 2, chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says this. The Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. There's being alive and then there's really living. And uh, I think that all of us listening, hopefully, are alive. Uh, but are we really, really living? Uh, here's a little story. I've got a nearly two-year-old. And she's called Zoe. And I remember when she was born, we had a couple of names on a short list and we were holding this squidgy little pink jelly baby, uh, crying like Sim was saying earlier. And uh, we were thinking about what we wanted to call her and we wanted to call her Zoe. Not just because it's a, an easy spell at three letters or because it sounds kind of cool, but the meaning behind her name was really important to us. Uh, we chose the name because it means life in Greek. Uh, and that's got connotations around breath and spirit. Uh, and we kind of prophetically wanted to call it that because that's the kind of adult we wanted to be, the kind of person that we wanted to be. We wanted to grow up to be the kind of person that she walks into a room and she brings life. You know that kind of person? There are some people that walk into the room and you can just feel the air leaving. Uh, but then there are other people that come in and... Uh, just everything feels a bit lighter uh, and spirited. So that's, that's my hope. So if you're ever watching this in 15 years' time, 
who knows what's going to happen. Uh, so that's who the Spirit is as well. We call it over our daughters, but that's who the Spirit of God is, and that's what it does. Like the, the Holy Spirit makes us feel more than being alive, but being alive. Uh, so the Spirit of God is it's a breath of God uh, to help an, to animate and encourage his people. Uh, one of the earliest accounts of church is given to us in the book of Acts. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I grew up in a church full of lovely, marvellous people. Uh, and at the time, as a child, uh, there was a fairly specific way of doing things. And I wouldn't have guessed from sitting through a Sunday morning service, it's a bit traditional, uh, that the purpose and the emphasis of church was on this broader sense of community. There's a little bit of stuff you kind of had to do. I remember being told off for running in church, being shouted at by a Sunday school teacher for talking too much. Uh, and I just wouldn't have picked it up. I didn't have the, the headspace to reverse engineer what I was seeing uh, to, to what there was in the Bible. Uh, and when I did encounter these verses uh, and start to gain an insight as to what church community really could be in the fullest sense of the word, uh, I obviously wanted to find out more about it. Uh, like, it sounded real. It sounded exciting. There's a connectedness. And it sounded really alive, it, like fluid, excited, all that stuff. Um, so I wanted to go and investigate. So I, I had already decided to go off to Bible college and stuff when I was a teenager. And uh, as part of the one of the placements, I went to Plymouth and there was a great little church and I spent five weeks. And I met a bunch of people that were, they had all the, the normal kind of church stuff going on, but in the extra time, they were going out and doing loads of this stuff. They were meeting every day to pray and have a bit of breakfast together. They were, they were giving away money, like substantial amounts of money to people that were really struggling. They were walking alongside addicts and people that were just really struggling with life. And, and it, it was possible. They were doing it. It wasn't just the thing in history that happened once. It was still doable now. And that was really contagious uh, community. And I, once you've seen it, you just want more and more of it. And you want to see it at work everywhere you go. Uh, the best moments in my life have been where all of those different ingredients that were talked about uh, in those verses have come together. Like, I love being with other people. It's, it's great when you know that, that God's with you in a group of people and you're, you're worshipping or you're sharing food and you're learning new stuff. Uh, and Yeah, and hearing teaching from each other, that stuff, I love it. And that's when I felt my most alive. And I can think of so many examples where that happens. It doesn't happen every day for me, I'm afraid, but, but all the highlights of my life have had all those different ingredients in. And that we try and incorporate into our church vision. If you know our church vision or values, uh, they are to encounter, to gather, to grow and to influence. I looked at my notes and I should know them off by heart. <laughs> But those are the great key ingredients to, to church, to, to 
being able to meet with God, encounter with God, to be able to gather together uh, to ensure that we're growing uh, spiritually and I guess in health uh, and uh, to have an influence, to, to be able to help people that are having a hard time uh, and to show people who Jesus is. What's really cool about this community is that it's revolutionary. It's completely countercultural. Um, everywhere where there's people, there's societal constructs, there are groups, cliques, uh, classes defined by things like income, position, political beliefs, race, education, health, gender, nationality, amongst other things. But Jesus wasn't about that, and neither of his church. Let's just look at a verse from Galatians. It's chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. So you're telling me there's a place where everyone's welcome, where it doesn't matter what your story's been so far. It doesn't matter what the colour of your skin is, what your thinking is. But actually, if you want to come to church and you want to meet with God then everyone can do that and, and that's all right. That's, that's really revolutionary. Like if you look at all the stuff in the media at the moment, there aren't too many places in the world where everyone's welcome. Uh, we've got lots of people with lots of ideals, but actually this is really open. That to me is really exciting. Uh, and I want to give you a little bit of a chance to respond. The true purpose of church is to connect people to God. Uh, and, and then into a deeper community with one another. This is achieved by the sustaining help of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Spirit does. I wonder if you identify uh, with the story of Raj uh, earlier, where she had felt like she'd been overlooked, she'd been bullied, she just missed out on so much stuff and just couldn't work out why people couldn't accept her for the way that she was. I wonder if you feel like that. I wonder if you just are really open to the idea of, of coming and finding your place uh, in your relationship with God, but also in the sense of community, finding somewhere where you truly belong. If that's you, respond. Maybe, like me, you've experienced the love of God and can remember moments uh, where it felt like you were deeply connected to church community, but at the moment feel like that's away with the wind, whether that's because of social, media, uh, social distancing or, or any kind of life event that might have happened, that you just want to be close to God. Do you just long for that deep sense of loving and community? Because that's what God offers by his spirit. So I want to pray uh, and afterwards, if you want to press the respond button that will pop up uh, on Church Online, that'd be really helpful. We can help you journey along. We can help find ways for you to get involved uh, and, and belong and to learn more about what it is to be close to God and the people around us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your spirit, for your beautiful Holy Spirit. And we just want to give you a moment now to show us how, uh, how good your love is and to uh, give us the confidence to make a step uh, to choose to be closer to you, to choose to be uh, more involved in, in church and in his community. We pray that you would start doing that right now and we would see changes, uh, either emotional changes immediately or just uh, 
just we see it in our weeks. We pray that um, you would be with us uh, and you would continue to love upon us this week. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.